Welcome to LifeSpring. This is number 206 and my name is Steve Webb. I happen to be your host. LifeSpring, what's that? Well, I got the name from this. Jesus said, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You see, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age or your sex or your station in life. Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? LifeSpring is about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. What will you find here? Well, you'll find music, conversation, and reasons to believe. Today, we're going to get to the conclusion of my conversation with Ellie Collins right after this. Morning light upon my pillowcase Well, hello, here comes a day Should I rise up from these sheets of lace Let the sun upon my face Far too long I slept in solitude With these walls as cold as ice If I awake will it be worth it all To feel the sun Your face I'm coming home 
tiptoed to your windowsill just to find that nothing's changed. Hiding from the eyes that love me still with the sun upon my face. I'm coming That was my friend Edrina Thorpe with Coming Home from her newest album, Half Light in Shadows. And now let's get to the third and final segment with Ellie Collins. By way of review, Ellie has told us of her very poor and traumatic childhood and adolescence. Raised by a physically abusive grandmother, sexually abused by her stepfather and stepbrother, forced into a marriage at 16 years old to a much older man who raped and beat her, raped again by a man who was supposed to be helping her escape this horrible marriage, and then she was forced into prostitution. In the midst of all this, she cries out to God in the best way she knows how and pleads with Him to get her out of there. Miraculously, God sends a friend who helps her escape the clutches of the owner of this brothel, and then she makes her way to America, learns to speak English, and ultimately begins to build a life as a beautician with a clientele that includes Hollywood celebrities. She marries a man who, after several years of marriage, deserts her, and this sends her into a life of drugs and promiscuity. Let's pick up the story there. And um, But one morning I got up, and um, after you know a really heavy night of drugs and drinking, and I don't know what else I was doing, being very promiscuous, because I, you know, that's all I know how to do when to escape from things. Mm-hmm. I had no respect for anybody men. Right. I didn't care. Um, I knew I wanted to succeed, and I knew I, I had to do good, but I was still um, very promiscuous and, and um, trying to find somehow satisfaction in areas and trying everything. And so um, I got up that morning, and uh, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I washed my face, and, and I heard a voice and said, um, is that what you came here for. Hmm. And I said, what? I'm your father. Hmm. Clearly like that. And I immediately felt this this come over me, and I got on my knees, and I started crying and sobbing. And uh, there were people still in my, in my little apartment. They spent the night. And so I started crying, and I felt like I, I wanted to be alone, and I told everybody to leave. And uh, I started thinking about that voice, and I st- all of a sudden I saw my life in Honduras and re- remember that moment, that prayer, if you get me out of here. And I remember all that, 
and at, and then I, so I started asking God, you know, again, okay, you are my father because I remember our father prayer, uh-huh. and so you are my father. You're the only father I have. So if you're my father, I I want to know you. I want to know who you are. Mm. And I felt that um, that I needed to have that something was going to be different that day. And uh, I cried for I don't know how long, and I got hungry. I got up and made something myself to eat, and I turned the TV on. And there, um, there was this Christian channel on. I never turned my TV to any Christian channels, but there was this guy on TV saying there was a woman out there that um, um, God has been knocking on your door for quite some time. And he says, open the door that he wants to come in and 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 show you his love and and uh, uh, he says just come to being t- turn your life to him and his message was just so powerful he was just talking to me and so I got on my knees and I thought God you're gonna have to guide me this is you talking to me and so you really felt that this message was right right for me you. yeah mm-hmm. right for me yeah and so um I want to have that relationship that this man is talking about. I want to have that relationship with you. Anyway, the program was was um, almost over, and then he said, um, "If you uh, want to find a place, um, you know." He gave the address, the church address, and he says, "Church on the way," and uh, the pastor was Jack Hafer mm-hmm. on TV, and the church was like five minutes away from my home. <laughs> so. It was just that God's timing. Yeah, I used to drive by that church sometimes, drunk, embriac, right. you know, and used to just laugh and say "church" on the way to where, and oh. you know, it was, it was. I made a joke out of it, yeah. and I that's that became my first that weekend, that Sunday. I went to church and I saw Pastor Jack in the front, and I fell in love with the message of the love of God that he had love for me and that he didn't care where I'd been. Mm-hmm. He would pick me as I was and he wanted to clean my life and restore my life. And I went forward that day and my life has never been the same. Mm. So that very weekend you you had a mess you turned on the TV at just the right time. Yeah. And God had just the right message to touch your heart. Right. And the very next day, you went to church. Yeah, and got saved. Something else happened though, and there was a when I came back from church that night, there was a knock on my door, and this man handed me a car because I had a chain on my door, and handed me a car, and he gave me a, a car that says with John three sixteen. He says, "You know what? I just got out of prison, and I'm passing this out." And he said, "And I thought I'd share one with you." And so I grabbed that card, and it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And I said, God, Father, this is confirmation. This is You talking to me, you know? And yeah. so um, I had no doubt and, and that I had to give my life to the Lord and totally surrender everything. So, so did, was that card given to you before you went to church or when you came home? When from? I came home that night. Okay. Just just so that the devil couldn't get in there yeah. and say, it, that wasn't real. Right. God sent another no, messenger. Another messenger. <laughs> it was good. It was good. God is good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
so you get saved at the church on the way. Mm-hmm. Then there's the the Larry Flint thing that happens about a year later. Then what happened? Um, I was really like amazed how um, things that just started happening when I received the Lord. Um, I was praying because it, you know I was dealt. Remember, I was dating the drug dealer, the yeah. cocaine dealer. And he would come once in a while, knock on my door, and offer me drugs. And I didn't, you know, I didn't want anything to do with that. And I said, God, you know, I'm changing my life. I want to get out of this apartment. I want to move. So I'm going to trust you that you're going to help me find a place. Mm-hmm. I was very bold with the Lord because mm-hmm. <laughs> I I knew that you know He was going to change things in my life. And so um, one day I was I I used to go work out a lot. So I was at the gym, and this guy start writing the stairmaster next to me and he says hey do you own or or do you uh, rent your home and i said i i rent a little apartment and he says how much do you pay and i said oh you don't want to know i said i just have a little he says i bet you i can we can find a home a little place for you to, to buy for the same amount of money you rent you're paying for rent and i said well that that would have to be a miracle he says here, um, I have a couple of places that I want to show you. I'm like, this guy is really making a pass on me. Yeah. So but I gave him a call. Guy? No. Okay, never saw him he, before. You know what his name was? What? Paul Grace. Okay. Paul that Grace. was his name. Paul Grace. That's yes. Interesting name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so the name was, you know, it was, I didn't even know about Paul. You know, I read the Bible a little bit, but, you know, the anyway, Paul, the right. Apostle Paul. Right, right. And, but, um, Anyway, um, to make the story short, I gave him a call, and he went and showed me a couple of places. Well, the first place I saw, it was this little, um, two-little-bedroom condo, and it was it was being um, an option. Option? Auction. Auction, yes, auction. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was being auctioned for, he said, um, 550 Yeah. 550 or 50 50, 50, 50, I'm sorry, 50. See, I read the book. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but it was valued. At, what was the value of it? What, what was it worth? It was worth um, about a hundred, maybe 70 or something, 75. Okay. But it was a HUD because it was, you know, it needed work and everything. Okay. It was a HUD. So he said, it's worth fifty, but we're gonna offer fifty nine ninety nine, something like that. And so he said, "So we'll see." I end up they accepted my offer. Okay. And so he said, "I said I don't. All my money was spent. I didn't have. I wish I would have had that money." Yeah. He says, "Well, how much can you come up by the the end of the week? They wanted this money a certain amount of time and." And I said, well, this is all I have. I think I had about $1,000. He offered to help me with the rest. And um, really, and it was, he said, I'll, I'll lend you the rest that you need. For the down payment. For the down payment. And so to make the story short, he did all the paperwork for me. There was another lady working with him, and I ended up owning this little um, condo mm-hmm. that... Um, Three, four years later, we were able to sell it for $250,000. Wow. And, and uh, we were blessed with that. Wow. And yeah. this guy just came out of nowhere. Yeah. 
and never saw him again. You never saw him again? The whole transactions took over, um, uh, w- went through. I moved into the condo, and uh, I talked to him a few times on the phone, but he kept saying, you know, I'm very busy. I'm doing really, really good, and, and uh, I'm glad you got the place. And whenever you you can pay that money, that's fine. And so I just sent it to here, and I was able to send the rest of the, what he lent me. Right. But I never saw him again. Wow. And um, it was amazing, you know, how that that all happened. Yeah. And then, um, so I still go to church, you know, more dedicated than ever. The Lord kept showing himself faithful to me. And uh, I, it seemed like the more I I spend time with him, the more I would, you know, I would just draw closer and um, learn more things about who, he, who I was in him. And mm-hmm. he started building this different kind of confidence in me mm-hmm. and that I didn't need all this other stuff to fulfill, to be happy. Right. And so um, I joined the choir. I got involved in, in ministry. I got involved in women's ministries. Are and you still there at church on the way? Not, not anymore. Okay. Um, but, um, and so... Um, I started praying about maybe getting mar- married again and, and meeting a nice man, a godly man. But I felt that I needed to work on myself and learn how to how to have freedom from from the pain. And it, it was God showing me that I needed to deal with uh, with fear and and from all the the stuff that has been in my past and sure. that I was dealing with issues of abandonment and and he would show me all these things in books or in the in the bible or in messages and I would hear that and I felt that you know that I needed to be in the path of recovery mm-hmm. and so I was always striving for that any group or anything that was about recovery I was there mm-hmm. and so um at at one point I met this group of ladies that were you know, reading books on on that particular issues, and so um, we were reading a book called um, "Safe People," one of the first books we were reading, and then we were reading "Boundaries." And so, among this group of ladies, um, when we were done reading, um, I remember the last book. The lady that was heading the group, she said, "I have an idea. I have a friend that has a group of men that been meeting and been, you know, reading the same book. And why don't we uh, get together with them and, and see what they have learned from these books? Mm-hmm. And so so we, they did that, and uh, that's how I met my husband. He was one of those, those men. Um, I remember that the night before I, I went to, to the group, I was praying. I said, Lord, please, I don't want to meet anybody. I'm not ready for any relationship right now. I just want to... Uh, keep growing and you know continue the healing process and right. and uh, and if you ever really put a man in my life, I want him to be so transparent and a man after your own heart. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, I don't want him. You know, because I have dated people in the church. In fact, I I went to two uh, two different um, pre-marriage. Um, we, the church on the way offers a ten-week course for people that are dating with intentions to get married, uh-huh. and just at the last week, I found out that it was not going to be the right thing. So you had other men that you had yeah. thought you were going to marry, yeah. But during pre-marital counseling, pre-marital. you yeah. said, "No, that's not the guy I want." <laughs> no. Okay. I no, didn't and know I that. dated, and I dated, you okay. know, and uh, but I felt like that was not the right thing to do. I know I knew that it was not the right thing to do every time that you know I went on, on a date or I met somebody. And, you know, 
and those relationships that I knew it was not the Lord. Okay, so it turned out that they were men that were at the church, but not necessarily not necessarily, living the life. No, not living the life. I no. understand. Okay. No. All right, so then you said, if God, if you ever do bring anybody yeah. to my life, he's got to be a man after your after heart. After your own heart and transparent. And so we have this, you know, meeting at, at this lady's house, and this group of men walked in, and, and I see this man. This man looks familiar, but I didn't realize it was somebody that I had seen at church on the way. And uh, the Lord has shown me this man at one point when we were in choir, that I saw this man in front of a TV with his hands on his face almost looked like he was crying or praying. But I thought, I wonder why that was. I saw that man, um, and uh, you'll find out why. But um, this um, this man became my husband. That guy sitting right over there? Yes. <laughs> okay. Why don't we go ahead and tell the listeners who it is that that man is. That man, his name is Randy, and uh, his last name is Collins. And the reason that's important in my life is because my wife's maiden name is Collins. The lovely lady Leanne is the sister of Ellie's husband. Randy Collins is my brother-in-law. This lovely woman I've been talking to is my sister-in-law. And I have to tell you, dear listener, that when I found out these things about Ellie, um, I... Because I'm a believer, I know the healing that God can do. Yes. But to think that Ellie has gone through these things and is such a woman of grace and beauty and gentleness, it is a true testimony to the healing power of God. Because anybody that has gone through the things that Ellie went through, you would think that they would either end up dead or a drug addict, or an alcoholic, or an ugly person. Not on the outside, but I'm talking about on the inside. Mm -hmm. But Ellie is is one of the sweetest women I have ever met. It's the Lord. (laughs) It is the Lord. And um, that's why I wanted you to hear her story. Because it is miraculous what God has done in her life, but also in Randy's life. I mean, I could, I could have Randy... Well, see, the reason I didn't have Randy do this interview is because we'd be here 10 hours from now. <laughs> Randy loves to talk, and, and I'm, I say that in, in love. Um, we'll maybe do your story some other time. But um, this book is out, and I wanted uh, Ellie to be able to tell her story to you and to give you the opportunity to, to get the book. Is the book available at Amazon, or where is it available? Restoring Hearts Ministries. Restoring Hearts restoring. Ministries? Where is that on the internet? It's, it's restoringhearts.com. Restoringhearts.com. So you can get the book there. Just want to step in real quick here and say it's restoringhearts.net, not .com, .net. But whether or not you, you, you buy the book isn't really the point. The point is that you hear this story mm-hmm. and that others benefit from hearing about the healing power of God. So there's a couple of things in the book that I want you to talk about, mm-hmm. how you knew that this was the man. Yeah. So talk about that. We were sitting in uh, an occasion, we were sitting in, in the group, where, the home group, and a lady whispered in my ears, she said, that's going to be your husband. And I said, what? That man's going to be your husband. And I'm like, I never had that experience before somebody tell me that. 
And so um, we we kept meeting, you know, the group kept meeting. We never really met along or anything, you know, but the way he, he shared about his life, the way he was so transparent and he had, there was no secrets. I felt there were no secrets. And God said, you were asking for a transparent man mm-hmm. that was transparent. And, and so I knew that he was going to be my husband. Okay. But there was a couple of other miraculous things. Is that your part of the story? It was much more. I mean, you're not talking about the lady that said to you in the salon that this guy was going to save Yes. There was another occasion, too. There was a lady that I work with. And before um, I met Randy, she, uh, she said to me, the, when you meet your next husband, he's going to put his arms around you and he's just going to say, I'm home. And and telling me, you know, I was going to know that he was the right person for right. me. And so um, that's what happened. He was what we were walking up to my car after knowing each other for, I think it was a month or so, a couple months. And uh, he, we crossed the street, I remember. And as I opened my car door, he walked me to my car. And he says, can I give you a hug? And I said, no, no, no. You gotta, you gotta stop all that. That's totally wrong. Okay, come yes, over here. Yes, that's what happened. Come over here so you're on the mic if we're going to do this. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you hugged me. No, no, we walked. It was a little closer. closer. Okay. I just I knew when I walked in the room uh, that I was going to have to share a story based on what the men had asked me to do. I didn't have any idea. I was walking into a room of some young women that I would see a woman that I knew from my church, and I, I recognized Ellie right away from the choir. But what I couldn't get over was, and this is hard to explain, I've told this to her this many times, but in a split second, I heard, I had a sense, God said to me, that's your last wife, stay out of the way, you don't know what you're doing, I'll take care of it from here, but you're not to say a word. Well, obviously, when you hear that, get a sense like that, when you don't even know who this person is, except she goes to your church, you're, you're kind of in awe. But that night when I told my story, I was so vulnerable because I had never told my story in a mixed crowd before. It was chilly that night, and we walked to the car, and I was just uh, feeling, Okay. remember that? I was feeling a little concerned that it was chilly, so uh, I put my arm around you just because of, we, of the moment of what we'd gone through, but it was more like a sister. I, I didn't have any sense that we were in any kind of, we surely weren't in mm-hmm. a dating relationship. But for some reason, when I put my arm around you, I said, Man, I'm I'm home, and, and I've never said that before. I don't, and so that's how that happened. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Randy. And so I remember what the lady had said to me. Did it come immediately to you? I mean, did it was like, wow, he said those words. Yeah, but wow. I didn't say anything to him. Okay. <laughs> uh, so he says I'm home, and then what happened? I mean, um, how did the relationship develop? So what happened is that we then the next time we met, we met at my home with another couple. And um, I said, well, you know what? I was trying to test, you know, if this was the right thing. I said, I'm going to share my whole story and see and see if it runs away. Because that's that's what the group was about, but sharing, you know, opening up. Mm-hmm. And so in, the, in, that, in at that day, I remember sharing my whole story. And I noticed that he was trembling almost mm-hmm. when I finished sharing my story. And I thought I was going to push him away. I thought... I don't think this is this is gonna you know draw him closer. I think this is gonna push him away right. when I share my story. Sure. And so, but instead of 
pushing him away, I, I draw him closer because while I was sharing my story, there was some healing that was happen, happening with him. Mm. And so that's when we, we realized that we had a lot of things in common and that we were going to be pursuing a, a relationship. Okay. All right. Yeah. How did that start? It? Well, you need to also go into... You would then remember that... If you're going to talk, you got to be on the uh, mic. Otherwise, it's going to drive the listeners crazy. <laughs> I apologize for that. <laughs> I do know I was affected because of my story that what Ellie had gone through, even though it wasn't similar and maybe indeed, but some of the things I felt like I'd caused hurt in other people's lives, I was relating to the hurt that had been caused in Ellie's life. So I had to go through my own sincere, true repentance on some things through the impact of her story. And I'll never forget that it wasn't long when we were discussing how we had known each other in choir from a distance and how you asked me about a time when I was on my face before a television crying out. Mm -hmm. That was the same night you called me to tell me how sorry and grieved you were, Steve, about my last marriage ending. Mm. You were the only one in the family that called me and just told me you felt felt the, the pain of that. And I really, to this day, have been always grateful that you called me that night because I was really... (laughs) <laughs> a tough, a tough place. I didn't know that. You, you're mm. only one. Mm. And that night, I was on the floor sobbing, and she saw a picture of that, and, mm. and God told her, God told her to pray for me, and didn't know why. And and uh, she told me that after we were in this journey together, beginning to move toward uh, more of a, I would I call it maybe a courtship at that time. Okay. Mm. All right. So you dated for how long? Three months. Three months. Okay. Three months. We knew everything about each other. Right. There was nothing really, and we knew that we wanted to do the right thing yeah. before the Lord, and so we got married um, pretty soon. Okay. And so I became a citizen that same year, right? Uh, I want. It's funny that you should think that. You yeah. were you were thinking the same thing that needed to come out. Yeah. But I also okay. So talk about that. Well, that that same year, um, I just you know I was waiting for my. Um, my appointment to go to, um, in 1999, to go to um, immigration downtown LA to sign up for my citizenship. Mm-hmm. And that uh, he was able to go with me. Mm-hmm. Um, were we already married? Yes. Yeah, yes. we were already married. And so he was able to see me sign my um, my application, becoming a, a citizen mm-hmm. of, you know, in the United States. So. Right, he took the oath. I took the oath. Yep. Yeah, I remember you guys coming in and making the announcement to the family yeah. at Grandma Helen's house. Yeah, exactly. There yeah. was a big celebration over that. Yeah, it, it was fun. It used to for the for the listeners. Um, this is a big family. You've heard me say it many times if you've been listening to the Life Spring Show for a long time. I married into a big family, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> we used to um, get together several times during the year at uh, Grandma Helen's house and in Grandpa Lloyd's house. They lived in Long Beach. They had a pool, and in the summertime, <laughs> it was always the custom. We would get together on Fourth of July there at their house and um, different birthdays and things, and this particular um uh, day that all the family was there, Ellie made her announcement that she was now a U.S. citizen, and we were all just so yes. happy for her. And can I tell you how that all started with my citizenship? Sure. Back in um, 84, um, I've been here for since 78, that's f- uh, six years, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm working in my company, and I'm, I'm working with a borrow visa mm-hmm. paper. Okay. And I was praying, and I was thinking... Um, Wow, um, 
it would be great if they would pass a pass a, a law that would allow people that came from this year to this year, you know, to 1985, and if they were, you know, uh, loyal citizens, um, I mean, you know, uh, with integrity and never got in trouble, that they would pass a law that the, those people can stay here. Mm -hmm. Well, Reagan passed the amnesty, and I think that that was in 1984. And so I applied that same year under the amnesty under President Reagan, and I felt like, you know, I was good. It was just the most greatest thing because I didn't know how else I would have stayed in this country. Right. And so what my company did, wrote a letter to immigration giving all my, you know, my uh, recommendations and everything that I've been working there for that long period of time and, you know, integrous and everything. So I was able to qualify to stay in the, in the country and apply for, at that time, permanent residency. Mm -hmm. And after that, I applied for a citizenship. And that's I was in the process of that when I met Randy. So right. that's okay. how I got my citizenship. And so you guys have been married for how long now? 11 years. 11 years. And um, Randy is pastor at a large church here in Orange County mm -hmm. called The Rock. The Rock. Ellie uh, works side by side with him at the church mm -hmm. and also has a full time uh, job still as a cosmetologist. Cosmetologist. And uh, matter of fact, Leanne and I just had our hair done tonight. Uh, yeah. You and, look marvelous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> marvelous. You marvelous. Marvelous. Yeah. <laughs> and so, what's the name of the um, beauty shop that you work at? Alexander's Grand Salon and in Anah Anaheim Hills. And I just finished my, uh, uh, I went back to school to get my teaching training for cosmetology. Very and, good. Uh, because I do eventually want to go into helping young women to get their degree in cosmetology. So, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So if you're in the Southern California area, um, that's, uh, do you know the phone number of the, uh, yes. the salon? Yes. It's 714-282-6438. And, of course, you're going to want to ask for Ellie Collins. Ellie Collins. <laughs> and so uh, there we go. We have, I think, told the whole story. Anything that we left out that is important to say? One thing that I was thinking is that um, two years, um, 2002, right, we went to Honduras. We went to Honduras. Uh, up till then, I didn't know where my family was. I lost contact with everybody. And the only person I had contact with, of course, was my sister here. But... Um, we were praying, uh, and when we went back, and I was able to retrace where I used to live with my grandmother and found some of my relatives. And the saddest thing is that my mom had passed away the year before, mm. uh, and my grandmother as well passed away. So my dream was to go back to my mom and talk to her about what God had done in my life and, and uh, how he had to restore my life and how I had, I had forgiven her and forgiven all the pain that, you know, I went through and and that I had a brand new life, but I never had a chance to do that. Mm. But I believe that, that um, I heard that she she became a Christian. I think the year before I went there, before she died, mm. uh, that she had received the Lord. So oh. I'm praying that I, I would see her. See her. I could yeah. get to see her, yes. Well, yeah. I hope so. Well, Ellie, thank you so much for telling the story again. I know that it uh, was hard for you. It was. I was shaking. You were. 
and I, um, I'm so glad that you would tell my listeners your story. And then I just pray that the story will reach someone else out there yes. that, that needs to know the healing. To be of encouraged. God. And don't feel sad for me because I have a brand new life and, and God restored. Mm-hmm. And He did it for me. He can do it for anybody out there. Amen. So hold on to the Word of God and trust the Lord will get you out of any situation you're in. Amen. Nothing is too big for Him. That's right. Yes. You were living truly in, in a hell. And God reached down to a little girl in Honduras. Yes. And pulled her out. Pulled me out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you for having me and for listening. I love you. (laughs) Okay, I love you too. I only prayed because I always do. Doesn't hurt just to ask when you've given up on everything. And I spoke the words I'd never prayed before. But I knew they were hidden somewhere deep inside your word. And then I...
Thanks so much for sharing this time with me. Your comments are welcome at lifespringmedia.com or at the iTunes store. Just search for the Lifespring podcast hosted by yours truly, Steve Webb. Leave a nice comment. I'd appreciate it. Of course, you can email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. Lifespring is brought to you by me at thegaywithafriendlyvoice.com. I am a full-time voiceover guy who does radio and TV commercials, corporate videos, audiobooks, and pretty much anything you can think of that needs a voice. If you, your business, your church, or organization would like to know more, email me at studio at thegaywithafriendlyvoice.com. The music on today's show was Coming Home by Adrena Thorpe and With Hope by Adrena Thorpe. Adrena was one of podcasting's very first, very popular artists. I interviewed her way back in December of 2005, right here in my home. I'll put a link to download that episode right in the show notes page for this show at lifespringmedia.com. And I've got some late-breaking news. I'll be interviewing Adrena once more in the next week or two. She sent a newsletter to her friends and fans a few days ago in which she shared something very, very personal. What she said was so moving that I immediately emailed her and asked her to share it with you too. I know your heart will be touched and your faith encouraged when you hear her story. Be sure you're subscribed to The Lifespring Show so you won't miss it. And now I want to thank my beautiful sister-in-law, Ellie Collins, for sharing her story with us. If you'd like to read more of the story, you can buy the book Crossing Over at RestoringHearts.net. And so, until next time, thanks for listening. May God bless you richly. I'm Steve Webb.